This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is a very special edition of Kenny and Heilprin. Welcome in. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday night here in Madison, Wisconsin. We are wrapping up our spring football discussion, at least talking about the conclusion of spring practice for the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm Ben Kenny. Joining me from the draft room in Green Bay, rubbing elbows with Mr. Gudikins himself, Mr. Zach Heilprin. What's up, buddy? <laughs> yes, inside the draft room. Also, also called I-41. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, has any like I've been driving here for the last hour and a half? Has anybody gone to the transfer portal? Uh, have they added anybody else to the transfer portal since I got on the road? Not that I've seen. Maybe this makes okay. me a bad host. I I wasn't checking over the last oh, twenty minutes, geez. but no, not to my knowledge. Uh, not, so the, not to so my the cornerback room. The cornerback room is only down to to five right now, so that, that's good. All right, good. Yeah, I want to touch on that in a second. That was some news from today. A lot of portal activity for the Badgers, mostly with younger guys, mostly with depth. Uh, first and foremost, how's the traffic up there? I, is there a report that I can garner? Uh, <laughs> how is the traffic? Uh, no traffic whatsoever, actually, at all. So it's beautiful. I, I don't know, man. I think you just run. I, I don't know if it's you or, or what. You just run into traffic wherever you go, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you just need to drive with me. We we didn't hit traffic at all. We went down to Indy last fall for the for uh, Big Ten media days. No traffic whatsoever. No, only when I led us to the wrong town, but that was oh, a separate right. issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's start. Uh, Badgers close out spring practice today, uh, and oh, I do actually have to begin a heartfelt mea culpa to the people. Maybe it's on behalf of myself. Maybe it's on behalf of technology. We recorded a Tuesday episode reacting to the launch in the process of ex- of getting the episode from a certain program onto another program to then post it to all of the airwaves and podcast platforms. The audio was lost. So I, I guess I apologize on behalf of myself first. I also I will definitely say sorry on behalf of the computers that that episode did not get to you. But I will touch on some of that today. I want to start with practice, though. Thursday, uh, this morning, they close out spring ball. I, are there takeaways from it? Are, are there trends? I, I want to focus, I guess, on today and the last week since the launch and since really the practice everybody saw. Yeah, so I look at what happened last Saturday as an aberration. That's good to hear. And it's unfortunate that everybody else saw that aberration because now so many people are so worried about it. They're all worried about Tanner Mordecai. They're all worried about, you know, because they're, uh, they've been snake bitten when it comes to quarterbacks. They haven't had, I mean, Wisconsin just hasn't had a quarterback you can count on. And Tanner Mordecai last Saturday did not look like a quarterback you can count on, which was in, you know, not great, um, which was not exactly who he had been all, all spring. So I wanted to see what was it going to look like Tuesday, what was going to look like Thursday, and I thought he bounced back both days. On Tuesday, they were inside, a number of nice throws. Today, they went outside, and it was I mean, it was sunny. It wasn't snowing like it was uh, last Saturday, but it was cold, a little windy. 
So there were definite um, weather elements to this because I think he's done a lot of his work, good work inside. Today, a lot of good work outside. Uh, Chimray DK and Deontay Lewis both, you know, um, having uh, having some big catches from him. So that's what I wanted to see. And we asked Luke Fickle about it afterwards. And he said he said he thought he bounced back after, um, you know, in the moment on Saturday. I don't necessarily I didn't see that, but um, wh- what we did see from him the last two days of practice is exactly what you want to see from an experienced quarterback who has done it at a, at a high level um, for the last two years, and he looked it these last two days. He's shown an ability, at least I feel like, to bounce back maybe even in-game. Like he's a guy, he, he's thrown almost 900 passes in the last two years at SMU. Yet uh, he had double-digit interceptions each of the two years. It was an offense that obviously relied heavily on him. Yet he seemed to keep going in those settings. Uh, and yeah, nine of those touchdowns were in in one game. But it, it does stink that uh, all of our preview work for the launch last Saturday, all the comments that that at least we had was, "What do we want to see? We want to see what the hype is. Like we want to see the offense on display in front of everybody." And on behalf of, of the people talking about the weather, I can say that we will issue no comment, no further comment on what the weather may have done or at least the presence of snow and how that all lined up with some beautiful days afterwards, some beautiful days before. That just happened to be the day that that happened. But but it sucks because everybody's all hyped on Longo and there were some unbelievable plays in the secondary from Ricardo Holman last Saturday where in a normal year or in normal times, that would be something I would cheer for. Like that'd be something that would excite me if, if a great play is made on whatever side it is. Cause it's your team against your team. But in this setting, it just felt like a big, a big moan, a, a big sigh of, Oh, like you gotta be kidding me. This can't be happening. Here we go again. Yeah. yeah here we go again. Right. And you thought, you thought you had gotten past that. You thought you had gotten past having to worry about every pass being thrown, being an interception. And um, on Saturday, I mean, what three of the first six, three of the first five were, were intercepted. So yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. And uh, you know, now people are going to have to wait until September 2nd to see it again, um, which, which is unfortunate. Um, but again, all I can say is that that was not an accurate representation of what he had been all spring. And um, you know, I saw a little bit more of what he had been these last two days. So what about team wide? What else was taken away from the practices after the public one? Yeah, uh, n- not a ton. I mean, there wasn't a ton <laughs> that happened on Tuesday. There wasn't a ton that happened today. They went short today. The most notable thing they did today was they were in full pads, and they did some 11-on-11 11 11 early, but then they closed out spring with a, a kick competition, a kicking uh, competition that was kickoff, uh, punting, field goals, like and, and in full pads and these uh, full pads, full contact, live tackling. It was the, I wouldn't say the highlight of spring. It was up there though, because they were actually going full tilt. The entire team was just going crazy because there was a, there was some, um, I don't know about a prize, I guess maybe some punishment for the losing side and more so for the losing side of the coaching staff. They split the coaching staff up. They split the team up. And then they did this kicking competition, and you could get points 
for a var- in a variety of ways, but like mostly just for kicking field goals. And Nathaniel Vakos went seven and for eight, which is another thing I guess a lot of people probably were worried about after Saturday. When oh they gosh, yeah. Combined to go, combined to go one for five, and he went seven for eight today and hit from forty-seven uh, to to end it, to end spring. Um, and you know Nate Vanzels wasn't as good, but that's why you have that's why you gave um, Nathaniel Vakos a scholarship, right? So yes, there were there there wasn't a ton from these last two days you could just sit sit and point and be like, oh, I mean, that's a big takeaway from the entire spring. But there were there were certain little things, especially special teams wise, that we saw that uh, that I think were notable. This is funny because uh, the NFL draft is starting in 50 minutes, and we are proceeding an NFL draft show uh, on our network, yet I'm going to spend the next five to six minutes talking with you about the Badgers' problem at punter or potential problem, <laughs> question at punter, which is awesome. I, I love it. I, I, I mean, special teams obviously are a big question because they stunk last year, and they've been somewhat of an issue, generally speaking, for the team. Uh, I, I do have faith in Vacos despite the lack of success on Saturday, uh, whether it was in the elements or not, it just wasn't very sharp. Uh, but punting wise, like I joked and said, this team needs to go add an Aussie rules punter in the portal because I want them to have one. Cause that's what a lot of the good teams have yet still it like, it feels from, from what I read today that the punter competition is by no means solved. And that could still be an option. I, I, I started it, was, it as a bit, but I think I'm in. It was not good today. It was not good. And Luke Fickle said as much afterwards. He was asked what are his biggest questions coming out of spring, and he mentioned, you know, what it's going to look like with the first team offensive line because of the injuries and some of the uncertainty around certain guys and positions and that stuff. He mentioned the secondary and obviously cornerback and what they're trying to do in the transfer portal. And then the punting situation. Basically, he's like, we got to figure something out there. Um, so I can't imagine them going into fall camp with the two guys that they are using right now, Jack Van Dyke and, and Gavin Myers. I just, I can't after seeing it today. I, I can't. And obviously you're hopeful. You don't see him a ton during the year, but it's the big 10. You know, you're going to see him a bunch during the year. Um, so, well, if your quarterback throws interceptions, then you don't need to punt. Right. If yeah, we were to take Saturday to mean everything, which I'm not going yeah. to. No, but so, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great today. It wasn't great today by either guy. And so, yeah, I, I can't imagine they go to next year without having trying to add somebody in the portal. And I'm sure that there is somebody out there that is an actual punter. Uh, Jack Van Dyke came here as a kicker. Gavin Myers was a kicker and punter, but yeah, I, it, it wasn't great today. And, and the, here's the other thing we're, we're giving, you know, uh, Karen Mordecai a pass for, for Saturday. Cause that's not who he had been all spring. We didn't get to see the punting pretty much all spring. Cause they just, they weren't outside a ton. And so maybe today was just their bad day, but it felt pretty obvious from Luke Fickles, uh, the way he was talking about it, that yes, they, uh, it is a problem and something they have to figure out. Now, I don't know the availability of punters in the portal, and maybe I should go and look into it. Ridiculous. I definitely yeah, I, I definitely don't know what the Aussie passing academies are churning or punting academies are, are churning out these days. That also might be something I should check in on with, with our friends out there in Australia. But if there's a chance, like, I, I'm in on that. I'm in on that idea, you know? There's got to be somebody out there. I'm sure there is. 
I'm sure there is with, with all the portal stuff happening, uh, which, which I did want to touch on um, as you, as you get up there to green Bay portal news that's gone down in the last couple of days, really since Saturday as a whole cornerbacks, Al Ashford, and these are all younger guys. I believe mostly redshirt freshmen cornerbacks, Al Ashford, Avion Jones, and a Corey Lide all entered the portal. And then you also had Vito Calvaruso after the spring game, which our comments on that were lost in the ether after our failed Rest Tuesday show, which might be for Rest the best, peace, but yes, that was a fun time. Uh, rest in peace to your tweet, even though I might still yeah. find it if he finds a place and has success. And then you also have Spencer Lytle, the inside linebacker, further down on the depth chart, and Julius Davis, a running back further down on the depth chart. I don't think there are any surprises there. They're depth guys. They were either younger guys or older that were buried somewhat. But the three at cornerback signals something to me in terms of where Fickle's focused on with this roster as he turns it over. What is all this telling you? What's all this movement telling you? Well, the movement tells me that they're going to have space, and but the visits and the offers to corners tells me that they need. They thought they needed depth, and um, again, I I like the top three: with Jason Matry and Carter Hallman and Alexander Smith. Some of the young guys with Jonas Ciclona and Jace Arnold are going to be. I think are going to be players. You get Amari Snowden coming in here in the in the in the summer, but they need some depth pieces behind that top three because they're not we just know that guys are going to get dinged up or guys are going to miss time and you need some some players that have actually played and you can count on and i think that's what they're looking for and the three guys that they that that left were three guys that they could not count on that they were not going to count on this fall there's just no ifs ands or buts about it i mean curry lott and avion jones were third team pretty much the entire last four weeks of spring Avion Jones had been a second team. He got passed by those those early enrollee true freshmen. And I, I think it's at least I think it's worth no, uh, mentioning that he was not Luke Fickle's guy. Uh, he was not Mike Trussell's guy. He was not these. This is not the staff that recruited him. They recruited Jace Arnold. Excuse me. They recruited Jonas Tacoma. They were. I mean, that's that's a guy that they desperately wanted to have. And so I think a new space for. Uh, Avion Jones was good. And a Curry line, obviously coming off the ACL, just never um, – just just recently got cleared. And it probably just – they'd be like, eh, probably just better to, to move on. And, you know, Al Ashford wasn't with the program right now. So I don't think any of those are a surprise. And it tells me that they have space and that they're going to go after uh, guys on the portal and go after them hard to try and bring in some depth here at cornerback because they don't have – they don't have – a cornerback room that I think you can you can count on right now to be able to hold up throughout an entire season. So they had the Rhode Island kid, correct? Visiting, I, I think today. I believe that. Well, I believe week? it was Tuesday. I believe it was Tuesday that he was here. Um, I know that he posted pictures from today. I don't think that the, I don't think the visit lasts like just an hour. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, either way, he 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 has visited. I know that they were trying to get. Um, the kid from Alabama to visit and the, the uh, guy from Ole Miss to visit. So they're, they're, they're trying to add, there's no doubt about it. And I think we're going to see more guys go to the portal. There's still a few days here uh, for, from players from other schools to get in as, as their spring practices wind down. 
And I think we'll see that. And, and Wisconsin's going to go hard after some of these corners for sure. It's not that the it's not that Jonas Connor or, or Jason Arnold or Amari Stone can't play. It's just I don't know if they just necessarily want to count on them to play big roles. No. Like count on them. They could play big roles, but you don't want to count on them to have to play big roles. This kind of plays into a theme I've been pressing this offseason when we speak of, say, run offenses Wisconsin will face or passing offenses. Uh, along those lines, Ohio State, I think you can rely on them having a special passing offense. or They're always good. The receivers are amazing. We'll see about quarterback. But generally speaking, in the Big Ten West, which, again, could be a positive thing for Wisconsin, is they're not facing a gauntlet of incredible passing offenses, at least where we stand today. But I did want, like, Tuesday's show for us, Zach, is going to be biggest questions coming out of the spring. There have been a lot of positives, which we've covered, and we'll probably return to, but the biggest questions as we go through the summer and enter the fall, and watching Saturday's practice, and again, this does not mean everything, but one of the bigger thoughts I had was the defensive depth as a whole could be an issue. Because where the one's offense against the one's defense couldn't do anything and the the primary defense looked great, it was almost completely flipped around for the second team. Where Braden Locke had a lot of open guys. And that could be a lot of things. It could be a linebacker thing. It could be a safety thing. It could be a corner thing. But generally speaking, while I'm really excited, and I'm going to get to this in a little bit, really excited about what the number one defense could look like, it's the depth. That's an issue with the team. And it's depth you're going to have to need almost no matter what. So the corner thing, yeah, uh, yeah those three guys going to the portal, I, I would say somewhat expected. But with them going out to find other guys, I don't think it's only a cornerback thing for me. That goes almost across most of the defense. Mm, almost, yeah, almost all the defense. I, I would probably say safety, no. Uh, Inside linebacker, I, probably not because I like Cheney. Yeah. But then who's the yeah. fourth? Uh, see, uh, take grass and um, some of the younger guys, I think like maybe a Brian Sanborn possibly, but I mean, outside linebacker because they're going to use them in so many different ways. Probably not. Cause you, when you brought in Jeff Petrowski, so you had that um, defensive lines and maybe, no, but it kind of hinges no, on tackle. what Darian Varner can bring, which we don't yeah, know. No yeah. Nose tackle for sure. For me, like uh, with, with Gio Piaz and and uh, Kurt Neal, I would say if they if, but that's the thing they're going to be getting obviously um, the, the the true freshman coming in. We'll see if he's able to help right away, but a, but another big body in there that that to me would be what you would want. Darian Barner is going to be a defensive end, and you have Rodas Johnson, James Thompson Jr., and Isaiah Mullins. I don't think depth is probably a, an issue there. And the nose tackle thing, I don't even know how many snaps that 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 even there is going to be even played. You know what I mean? I think Kurt Neal and, and Gio Pius could be playing maybe not head up on, on a center this year. They could, they could be playing defensive tackle type uh, uh, alignments. So corner to me is, is the one that obviously sticks out more so than anything. And safety was a little bit on Saturday because they didn't have Travion Blaylock. And um, I think that kind of just messes with everything because then it throws Austin Brown into the top lineup and it throws – and it, it forces you to play some, some of the guys further down the depth chart with the twos. But I I understand where you're coming from depth-wise. I, I get that. You always want more depth. Um, but when it comes to 
the defense, if you really look at it, there's there's a, maybe a spot or two on the defense where you could say, yeah, they, they desperately need bodies. But for the most part, I think they're all right. So if I'm not mistaken, they now sit projected two scholarships over the limit with probably uh, definitely a couple more portal guys departing and given actions that we've seen possibly a couple coming in uh, first a corner, hopefully a punter, and then we'll see where else. But that's something to monitor. Uh, Zach, before I, I let you go put the big J on and get some scoops with Mr. Gudikinst up there, are there any other things from the launch that we need to rehash that we spoke about on Tuesday? I I wrote one thing down, and I need to have you express your thoughts on it again. I think it's time for, for it. a uh, it's time for an organized discussion surrounding college athletics or maybe athletics as a whole and in-house DJs. <laughs> okay. Well, you said on Tuesday something that resonated with me. It's like there, okay. there has to be a certain skill in terms of reading the room. Yeah. This yeah. does not have to do with the team at all, but it was, it was obviously a hilarious sight when it started snowing on Saturday and you have the dude in the student section, an empty student section, throw himself under a tarp, yet he's still yelling into a microphone, telling the crowd to get up and make noise after Tanner Mordecai's fourth interception. <laughs> I, right. I, I can't help but laughing, but like, okay, play good music, fine. There has to be a sense of reading the room there. Maybe we work the, on that yeah, in the future. Right, the lack of awareness. And I, I again, the DJ is not for me, right? It's, it's, I am not the target audience for the DJ. Um, I clearly understand that, and I get that. But there were times during basketball season that maybe going for an offensive possession, like need a basket late, and the offense being, give me some noise. We need to hear you. Stand up. Let's go. Like they're on, they're on offense, man. What, what are you doing? And so I didn't, I didn't really understand that. It's, uh, and it's just repetitive, very repetitive. But again, I know I'm not the target audience for that. So um, I feel like this is more of a me thing than, uh, than a DJ thing. But it was, it was a little comical to watch, <laughs> put the tarp over the stuff. Uh, as, as the snow started to come down, there's there's no doubt about that. And, and you're right, trying to still scream into the microphone about getting excited, all, t- all ten thousand of you that uh, really cleared out pretty quickly uh, when the snow started to fall and it, and it got windy and the interceptions started. Um, there were not ten thousand people there uh, very long, which I don't blame them. I watched no, Nebraska spring game I, the other night and they said they had sixty thousand. It was no more than twenty. Yeah. I mean that's 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 pretty usual. Yes, right? it is. Them them uh, over exaggerating. Yes, it is. The number of people in the stands. Yeah, it's not even close. Oh, Zach, I can also confirm the reports that we saw Saturday morning that Deacon Hill looked good at Iowa Spring game. Oh, you were able to watch that? Cool. I I watched the highlights. I, I was able to catch oh. some of it. They didn't have a full replay, but he he looked pretty mobile. I must yeah. say there was some running going on there. So we're going to have to track he, that. He just needed to get back with John Budmeyer. <laughs> yeah, people just needed to let him loose. We needed to let Deacon cook. Let, um, yes, let that right arm cook. That thing is an absolute laser, rocket arm for him. Uh, all right, Zach, I'll, I'll let you go do your job. We will uh, We'll reconvene on Tuesday with a lot of big picture right, spring man. thoughts, a lot of positives, but also some of the questions as we move forward. Uh, thank you, sir. Yes, I'll sir. talk to you Tuesday. Um, all right, let's do this. I'm taking you the rest of the way until 7 o'clock. 
I will. I, I want to touch on the transfer situation and the cornerback room. I also have some other big picture thoughts. That'll be a good thing to lead into the rest of the summer, the rest of the discussion surrounding the team. So I'll touch on some of that when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilprin leading up to the NFL draft. We have more after this. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back. Kenny and Heilprin. Ben Kenny with you. Taking you up until 7 o'clock. Zach's up there getting a, getting the hands stained with ink, as, as many of the big J's tend to do uh, up there in Green Bay, covering the draft, which is going on throughout the weekend. No Badgers projected to be selected tonight, but I figure only day two we see Keanu Benton, Joe Tittman go, maybe Nick Herbig as well. Uh, but we'll have thoughts on that. Next week, and their fits, maybe who will be the best pro of all of them. Uh, we're we're talking about Saturday. We're talking about the launch. We're, we're talking about the practice that everybody saw. Because was it? I do. I think it was an embodiment of what the team's going to look like now. And and if it was, then maybe we're in for some some trouble in year one. Uh, some growing pains. A a season to start under Luke Fickle that does not reach expectations because. In order for this team to work, in order for everything to work, you figure the offense does. And from what we saw on Saturday, Tanner Mordecai, a million interceptions, and not looking sharp at all, not only did the offensive line start to get worn down, which is a concern of mine, for sure. As they, the more plays you run, we see the snaps get worse and worse as you go later in the game or later in the practice in that case. We just we didn't see anything sharp on the offensive side. We saw it get worse as time went on, which is not good. But also, like, you can't have the defense out there after 30 seconds of uh, within them getting a stop, right? They get a stop, offense comes out, either it's a quick three and out or an interception. That's just something that this team is going to have to avoid. The old Wisconsin team, they could try to score 14 points and, and win games, and that was how they did it. The defense was fresh, it was rested. Like, when we saw the Badgers up there in the country in terms of defensive production, points allowed per game, yards allowed per game. Part of that is they just were not playing as many snaps as some of the other top defenses were. And not to take anything away from them, they were still top-of-the-line defense. But when you talk about pure counting numbers, that's going to change when your offense goes faster. That just That's the trade-off. That's just how it works. But if I were to take stuff from Saturday, which I it was the one practice I was able to see, and then also hearing from Zach as, as he has spoken throughout the spring, and call me a crazy person because I'm looking at what could be seen as an intense negative of Tanner Mordecai turning the ball over and real, real growing pains with Phil Longo's offense in its first debut in front of people. I couldn't help but sit back and think about how fun this defense really could be in terms of the alignments, in terms of the production. It's like if Ricardo Holman steps up as that next corner and actually has a really good year and he's been in position but also finish plays, finish the plays that maybe had got him last year. Uh, if that happens and we see the, the excellence in the secondary throughout the rest of it that, that I think we expect, frankly, with, with Jason Maitre in from Boston College and with what Alex Smith has done and in the safety room, I was like, I, I said this on the, again, on the Tuesday show that got lost. I rewatched Saturday's game and 
throughout the second, they stopped tackling the first team guys, especially the running backs in the second half. So it was tough to see who was actually winning some reps where you have Braylon Allen going through the hole and then he's touched and they blow it dead. Would he have broken the tackle? Maybe, maybe not. And then he obviously finishes the run and to the naked eye, it looks like he's going 20, 25 yards forward. Every single time that happened, there was one guy in the hole making the play. It was Hunter Wohler, which is amazing to me because that guy's a safety. He missed all of last year. And the way that they could align him, whether it's deep, all the way out in the outfield, if you will, playing center field against the passing game, whether he's up on the line as a pseudo inside linebacker every single time as I slowed it down, rewatched the running plays. And the offensive line, I will say, looked very tired. The pulling was slow. They were not sharp. But every single time, the guy in there to make the play was Hunter Roller, which I, if you look at a defense, I've said Muma Jong Meta, who, who could be the guy? I look at him first as the inside linebacker trying to find an Ivan pace of this team, a guy to truly drive the defense. But if I take, again, something away from Saturday's game, it's that I think Hunter Roller's that guy at least in that sample size and from what we've heard all spring where they have alignments out there. If a bunch of your best players are safeties, get them on the damn field. And some of this is going to be situational dependent, but they could take a, an inside defensive lineman off the field. They could throw an extra outside linebacker up there and then have Hunter Wohler be, be a linebacker. And you still have your full secondary. You could throw another corner on the field. It's, it's different. It's somewhat exotic. And I think it can well, it it rivals what a lot of great college football programs try to do offensively. Like when you play Ohio State, I think you're much better equipped to stop them. Clearly, if you have great cornerbacks, but if you have very versatile guys in the defensive backfield. And that's what Hunter Wohler was on Saturday. That's what I think he's going to be. I I just can't help uh, now that after it was a question. Start there. It was a huge question. Going into the spring with Mike Tressel coming in, a new defensive coordinator, Luke Fickle, defensive guy, Jim Leonard's gone. It's not going to be a traditional 3-4. And they always say they mesh the elite. And it's cliche, and I'm not, I, whatever. I, it works, let's say. But, but they say it probably too much. But meshing the elite of what Tressel did in the past at Cincinnati with, say, what Wisconsin has always done. Because, again, he has the personnel here at Wisconsin to run a 3-4. So it's hard to come in and just run a different defense. But from what Hunter Roller could do and what we saw on Saturday, the the blitzing was fun. Inside linebackers getting down there, uh, corners getting down there, safeties with whether it's Wohler or Latu. Um, it, I think this has a chance to be a really fun defense. And in the beginning of uh, when Fickle was hired, I, I, I did say, I might want to walk this back. I, I did say, I would rather the defense just be amazing because then I know there's a baseline for the team and we see the offense come around, which might be what ends up happening with the team. Obviously, as time has gone on and we watch Saturday, I would like the offense to be competent and fun because when this offense is good, it's amazing. When it's bad, it's it's pretty brutal. Unlike former Wisconsin offenses, which are quite brutal, but it's brutal more slowly, I guess. At least they have the ball in their hands. This defense just, I, it has a chance to truly be up there, not with 2021, but to be the strength of the team and to be one of the best in the conference. I, I truly believe that with 
probably a, a, a much more bulked up Mumajong Meta and Jordan Turner with the safeties, with the great corner play. The only question really is up front on the defensive line, but if all the linebacker play and the, and the safety play and, and Wooler, if they're all that good, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but they go very far to negate that. You never know where the rush is coming from. Like it's uh, Jim Leonard did this, but it's a defense that's never going to be stagnant, I think. I think when we watch it, it's going to be one that always will have us guessing, frankly, of who's blitzing, how are they going to play this, what are the personnel packages going to be. There's a lot that Trestle can do. And probably my biggest takeaway from Saturday was that. Uh, it was Wohler's play, and it was the projection of this defense becoming the strength of the team and, again, one of one of the best in the conference. So that's where I'm at. And, and yeah, there's a negative with that because the offense looked like crap. I'm choosing to take the positive, but I, I do think it really means something uh, when you think of, of Trestle's track record, when you think of what Luke Fickle has done and who he is as a head coach. I think it's something we could take away. Uh, all right, let's do this. Leading up to the NFL draft at 7 o'clock, it's Kenny and Heilprin. I want to talk about the portal for a second. I mentioned it was Zach. There are new additions from the Wisconsin roster there probably will be more additions to the Wisconsin roster in the coming days. I want to talk about what the portal movement means, maybe what to expect. And uh, if any, I've gotten some concerns. Is the reason to be concerned? I'll touch on that when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We're back. It's Kenny and I open. Ben Kenny hanging out with you. Taking you up until draft time, 7 o'clock central time. I saw in the in the pre-draft coverage, here's where I'll connect the draft to various musings about the Wisconsin Badgers football program and, and its future and the team coming up. Pre-draft coverage for ESPN going up until 6 o'clock from 5 to 6. They had college game day out there. Obviously, it, it works. The guys there have covered all the college kids. But Nick Saban comes up talking about Will Anderson and, and Bryce Young and some of the other Bama kids that could get drafted. And the big headline of the last couple of days of sport was Bama took a transfer quarterback. Bama took not only a transfer quarterback, but the backup at Notre Dame after their spring game, which if you want to start to raise the alarm bells and say maybe – Maybe it's another vulnerable year there after some ridiculous quarterback play from from Tua to Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and and Bryce Young, obviously. Looking now has to go resort to a backup at Notre Dame for competition. Could be concerns, but even the draft show, trust me when I say this, co- college football cannot be avoided so much that even in the draft show, we got to get Nick Saban's lowdown on his quarterback situation. because It's not great. I'll tell you where we sit today. Not great. A lot of four stars, a lot of high caliber guys. Apparently it is not going swimmingly over there at Alabama, but the portal's open. So the Badgers have to get down to the scholarship limit and with the incoming freshmen and presumably with a couple more transfers as they try to bolster the roster, guys are going to have to go. We knew this would be the case. I frankly thought that there would be much more turnover in terms of Paul Crist players or from that era 
when Fickle even arrived. And it, it was amazing that they really didn't lose any projected starters, which, uh, okay, they, they're projected to have a lot of playing time. It, it's understandable why they'd stay, but that's, that's not the norm. Normally when coaches go, you tend to see more turnover. So this is kind of the form of Fickle's turnover on the roster. It didn't happen in the beginning. It's starting to happen now. And I talked about it with Zach. Avion Jones, corner, Al Ashford, and a Corey Lyde, all from the secondary, redshirt freshman. And then obviously Vito Calvaruso, the kicker, Spencer Lytle, inside linebacker, Julius Davis in the portal. As we speak today, a couple more needed. And the Badgers also got a commitment from a 2024 safety in Kamir Prescott from, from Philadelphia. I want to talk about the corner position, though, because it's one, while, yes, they are looking for transfers for this year. And speaking of the depth entering this upcoming season, clearly it's a need. But you talk about the three guys that entered, Avion Jones, Ashford, and Lyde. Not only are they all Paul Crisp players, but they're also all at a position that now, since Fickles arrived here, the vast majority of players he has added on the recruiting trail also share that same position. You talk about Jason Maitre. You talk about another transfer corner that's going to come in. You talk about five defensive backs in the 2023 class. DeClone is one that Zach was mentioning, and he's already here. You have Amari Snowden coming in. Like That's a position not only has Fickle shown a really extended ability to be incredible there, the Sauce Gardner and and uh, Kobe Bryant, who was a later round pick in the draft, but was unbelievable in college. That's a position that's been a strength at Cincinnati under him. It's one that he looked at when he came to Wisconsin, and his actions tell you, even with the younger guys that were just recruited, I need to bolster that position. That's something where I need to get my fingerprints on it, get some of the recruits I like to bring in. And it's it's really a position we've seen it happen more than anywhere else. All the other ones are, are depth guys. Cavaruso was not going to start. And I don't know if he had a scholarship anyway. Spencer Lytle was likely not going to see the field unless a lot of injuries. And Julius Davis, the same thing, buried on the depth chart. It's really the three freshmen where normally you'd say, okay, they're young, they'll grow, they might find time later in their careers. For here, it, it really seems like Fickle saying, okay, that's a position I want to really have control over before the entire roster's mine. So a form of that is bringing in older guys, which we've already seen and will continue to see, and also loading up classes with them. And, and when that happens, you got to get scholarships down. Just is what it is. There's clearly no concern. Uh, most of them, I believe, were on the third team anyway. It's, it's tough. You hate to say it's a business because it's college football, but when there are scholarship limits and you do bring in all the transfers you brought in, like Nick Evers, for instance, like Braden Locke, like all the receivers, like everybody that the fan base was getting so excited about, and you have a, a kicker on scholarship, there naturally are going to be some guys that are going to have to go. So that's what's been going on. They sit a couple above the scholarship limit when the incoming freshmen arrive. So there should be another uh, another couple transfers upcoming, maybe a couple more. I would expect them to be, again, mostly depth guys, not players that figure to have big roles on this upcoming team. Or maybe we see something along the same lines, younger guys that are at a position where they will be passed, whether it's passed by by freshmen that are upcoming, passed by transfers, just not a clear line to playing into the extended future, really.
So that's something to watch as time goes on. I, I mean, spring's over, and, and it sucks, and there are not no more spring football tweets of, of who impressed and who disappointed and is Will Pauling really just going to catch every single pass from the offense. Now that it's over, though, and we're going to spend a lot of time on this in the upcoming weeks, and specifically Tuesday, I, I want to talk about some of the big-picture thoughts I had, some of the biggest risers and maybe the significance of that rise. I'll touch on that next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're closing it out. It's Kenny and Heilprin. NFL draft coming up in less than 10 minutes. Playing the national anthem there. Tells you we're nearing. It's an exciting night. I I missed the days of when I was covering it and had Badgers actually set to go high, a la Jonathan Taylor and Zach Bond that year. But nevertheless, honestly, I probably a better crop of potential pros or guys that are going to be good going forward than you would expect from a team that went seven and six and wasn't good or wasn't up to its standard of the program. Like Keanu Benton's going to be a terrific pro. And for our, our dual Badger Packer fans out there, Green Bay Packer defensive line needs him. I think it would be an unbelievable fit, as a, even as a depth guy, and then something that, someone that can grow into a really effective player. Benton and Green Bay would be great. Tittman, I, I mean, off the charts athletically, probably held back by the offensive line and offensive scheme quarterback play around him last year, frankly. Like, if you had plugged him in for... Tyler Biotish on the on the 2019 team, I I think he's I think he's tremendous, so he'll fit well in the NFL. Nick Herbig I I think is a bigger question in terms of where he plays, probably a little undersized to play directly on the end. Don't know if he's a traditional inside linebacker, but he could play football. So that's a true. If a team can find a role for him that can play to his strengths and allow him to do what he does well. Then, then it could be a, a productive situation for him. But we'll see how all that works out. Zach and I will talk about it in, in the coming weeks. On Tuesday, we'll get into biggest questions coming out of spring. Not necessarily in the negative, but just what do we still want to learn? Because there was so much. Think about entering spring. There was so much we didn't know, whether it's the feel, whether it's the pace, what's different under Fickle, and then obviously with the team. One question I believe I have answered when you talk about big risers or big question marks, uh, big takeaways from spring. Again, one question I have answered is what's the defensive alignment look like? Is it going to be effective? I come away thinking yes to the second and uh, with a lot of excitement, we'll say about the first. I think Trestle has his finger on the pulse here. I think it's going to be a good defense. But when you speak of all the other questions we had going in, one was, okay, what does the wide receiving core look like? And some of the biggest risers of the spring, which makes sense when you throw the crap out of the football and you you play a Phil Longo offense, a lot of them came in the wide receiving core, whether it's Will Pauling, who I, it's hard to contextualize how impressive it is that he is already maybe the starting slot receiver on this football team. A transfer from Cincinnati where that's the one piece. It's like, okay, Fickle knows him. He knows what he's getting, but had had been dealing with injuries and wasn't able to do much at Cincinnati to come in 
in a position that Skylar Bell was really good at last year and projects to, again, be pretty darn good at this year, an established player who is likely ascending in Bell and his skill set fits it all perfectly, to be able to come in and not completely supplant Bell for the role because I still think they're going to split a lot of time. So I don't know what that snap count looks like. But I, it's hard to contextualize how impressive of a spring Will Pauling has had to rise that far as a guy that, that's that young and has that much football left. I would probably say the same thing about Braden Locke. And it, it makes sense with, with the offense at Mississippi State. He's running something similar here now. Obviously a four-star coming out. But when Nick Evers committed, everyone told me, Ben, there's the starter. It's over. Look, fickle, quarterback factory. We got our guy, Nick Evers. And I said, pump the brakes. At least wait. Wait for him to get here. Wait to see it. He's young. He's done nothing in college so far. And it's not like he comes from a Lincoln-Riley offense. Like that's He, he was there under Venables. And then obviously transferred due to their guys coming in. So Locke supplanting Evers I don't think is as big of a surprise. At least it wasn't to me. But still, think about how clear it is between him and the guys below him. That's what's surprising. I thought there would be more gray area. But now if, God forbid, Tanner Mordecai gets hurt, like that's Braden Locke and it's not even a question. Which I would have told you you're crazy if you said that going into spring. Thought it'd be a, a much closer competition. So we'll have a lot more along those lines. Biggest risers, big thoughts. I throw the secondary into risers as well. Just oh, top to bottom. That's safety. It, this could be top to bottom the best safety room Wisconsin's ever had. And don't fact check me on that because I don't know the other great ones off the top of my head. But I go all the way down to Austin Brown, who's young and is going to be incredible. Man, they're good there. Uh, but we'll get into a lot of the other spring thoughts, spring questions coming up on Tuesday when we reconvene at 6 o'clock. We'll have Zach back in the chair. He can set me straight. So until then, enjoy the weekend, everybody. Enjoy the NFL draft. We have the draft show coming up next on these stations. See ya.